women don't just take care of themselves. They take care of their children and their family. And a lot of women work. And if they don't work outside of the home, they probably serve at something in their community or at their church. Mm -hmm. And so women really take care of others. But, you know, the old saying, you can't pour from an empty cup. And I just feel like we're all walking around with empty cups. Welcome to the Radiant Pearl Living Podcast, where you will hear fearless stories to nurture your dreams and inspire you to live a radiant lifestyle you love. Now, here is your host, Stacey Zand. Hello, Radiant Pearl, and welcome to episode 27. The idea of your story matters and writing well continues with this interview featuring Lisa Kimry, a nurse and author who you will learn more about shortly and officially. She shares her impactful story and what led her to write on the topic of self-care. There were so many thought-provoking moments in this conversation, and I just know you're going to be blessed by her story and what she has to share. When it comes to the self-care impact and how your purpose can find you while finding fulfillment in the simple things in life. Today's episode is brought to you by the Fearless Creator Artistic Project, sponsored by Fulton County Arts and Culture, to provide a space where there will be ongoing compilation of opportunities to meet online, learn, share, and enjoy art. The first workshop of the series begins next Monday on November the 9th. This workshop series will serve as a respite and encouragement to those who wish to participate and write well in community. Learn more at thefearlesscreator.com slash writing well or text writing well to 66866. Everything we discuss in this episode, including the show notes, can be found at radiantpearlliving.com slash episode 27. Hello, Radiant Pearl guests. I'm so excited to have with me the lovely Lisa Kimry. And I'm just going to take the time to share her bio. You'll get an idea of who we're speaking with today and the amazing value that she's going to bring the community and to you listeners. Lisa Kimry is a speaker and the author of The Bible Study, The Self-Care Impact, Motivation and Inspiration for Wellness. An RN for 28 years, Lisa writes about helping people care for their lives as they serve and care for others at mylifenurse.com. Lisa finds joy through helping people improve their self-care so they can help feel better and serve the Lord at their highest capacity. You can get a free five-day Bible study be well through worship, motivation for self-care, and connect with Lisa on Pinterest and Facebook. So Lisa, I'm so glad that you are here with us and I'm excited to really share and delve deep in the topic of self-care because we know that is a neglected topic and really a mode of being for a lot of our ladies as well as our listeners. So I know you're going to really be able to help them through that today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So I wanted to ask you, because you are really doing some amazing things just with your profession and now putting together, of course, the study, the lessons that you have, as well as the book. I want to find out from you, how did you go about finding your purpose and what you're doing right now? <laughs> well, 
The purpose really found me. So I'll just kind of share my story with you on that. Um, I really thought my purpose was going to be leading. I, I really have always felt like a leader, but I thought my purpose and place was going to be at in an administrative role or a leadership role in a hospital or a facility or a clinic or something like that. And I um, was very interested in climbing the ladder and I went to school and I got a master's degree and then I just was ready to just do whatever I could to get the next title and the next great position. And so that really started in my 20s. And I was willing to do anything that I needed to do to get the job done. And you've heard of the can-do kid. I call myself the can't-stop kid. So I was kind of like, go, 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 go. But I never stopped to rest. And it was starting to wear at me on the inside, but I didn't want to admit it to myself because self-care wasn't a buzzword back then because that was, you know, several years ago, but I didn't want to seem weak. And I thought self-care was for people who were weak and couldn't, you know, just handle the day to day. So I just kept going and going and going. And then when I struggled with infertility for seven years, and my daughter was born when I was 38. So I was a late age mom, but I didn't want to quit working. And then my daughter had colic for nine months. So I had an executive level position where I was at the hospital and I was trying to balance taking care of my daughter. And my husband had a job that worked funky hours. And I was going in at 6 a.m. sometimes and staying till 6 or 7 at night. And it was just really hard to balance all of that. At the same time, I was doing some coaching at work with, with uh, patients who had chronic diseases like diabetes or high blood pressure and things like that. And I was telling them how to eat to be healthy. But I was living off of peanut M&Ms and Diet Coke because I was just stretching myself so thin. So I really, at that time, started to buy into self-care a little bit more because I was so exhausted trying to be a mom and a working mom. But I just didn't feel like I had the time, which I know now is not, you know, what we should tell ourselves. And then finally, where I really found my purpose was we got to the point my husband and I decided that. My daughter wasn't thriving in childcare. And so we felt like I needed to be home. So I came home and then I learned that being at home isn't all glamorous either because the baby's there <laughs> and it's not all bonbons and, you know, sitting up and reading magazines. And so I really didn't know how to do it very well. And I really got discouraged. And when I wasn't able to really make everything work the way I thought it was supposed to work, the way the magazine said and all of that. I eventually got to a place where I didn't feel worthy to do self-care because I felt like I didn't deserve it in a way, as crazy as that sounds. Hmm. So by that time, I was discouraged and I had gone through these three paths of self-care thinking and I was so lonely. I joined the gym and I don't really like to exercise, but I didn't have any friends because all my friends were still at work. And I just at that time wasn't going to church on a regular basis. And so anyway, I went to the gym and I was running and I was prayer walking and running mm -hmm. around the indoor track. And I prayed and prayed and prayed for a passion. 
And I think I did this for probably six or seven months, three times a week. And, you know, I'd start walking and running and praying and then eventually crying Hmm. around the track. And then one day God just gave me this vision and the vision is my book Hmm. and my, my website and what I'm doing. And I just knew my purpose. And that's, that's kind of how it found me. I think I just had to really open myself up to him to hear it. Mm, Wow. You know, Lisa, when you were sharing your purpose, I love that. Um, We had a guest previously who talked about the fact that she didn't go after her her purpose. Her purpose found her. And from what you're telling me too, your purpose found you, but it was because of the crushing of what you were going through and the really maybe the disappointment of, of life, not having the friends and all that you've had to go through to get to this place of finding your purpose. And then you actually mentioned the word passion, which is always the next thing I like to ask. So from what you've told me, your purpose and your passion really is intertwined. Did you want to say anything more about your passion? Sure, sure. I really, you know, I went into nursing because I wanted to help people. You know, a lot of nurses will say that. But as I went through my career and I did lots of different things, I was at the bedside and then I did a lot of coaching and then I did some administrative things as well. But my very favorite part of nursing was when I was teaching patients how to take better care of themselves. Because they usually had a new diagnosis, not all, but a lot of the conditions and symptoms we develop are because we're not taking proper care of ourselves. Mm. Sometimes we have things where it's hereditary and just happens or we get a, you know, we just get a virus or a bacteria, but a lot of times it has to do with our lifestyle. And so it just became a passion to really get to know the patients and understand them and know what motivates them and what doesn't so that I could find that little tiny thing where I could get them encouraged and and then inspired to just do one thing different to take better care of themselves. And I Mm -hmm. loved seeing them suddenly feel like they could do it and then succeed. And that's kind of my passion is just helping people see that because especially women, women don't just take care of themselves. They take care of their children and their family. And a lot of women work. And if they don't work outside of the home, they probably serve at something in their community or at their church. Mm -hmm. And so women really take care of others. But, you know, the old saying, you can't pour from an empty cup. And I just feel like we're all walking around with empty cups. Mm. Wow. I mean, the work that you do is so vital. I think you pointed out the fact that women really are the nurturers taking care of everyone. And what happens, you know, when we neglect to take care of our own health, our own self, then everything else in a way could really shatter because we we've heard from time past how women are really the backbone of society so it does behoove us to really take that time to make sure the backbone is strong right <laughs> right and so when you had that vision i feel like it was also intertwined some people think you have to have this big woo or just woe moment in order to find your purpose and to know, hey, this is what I need to be doing. And it's amazing that you got such clarity 
And really, you know, you were seeking after the Lord. You had that prayer walk. I I love, (laughs) I love that. So much answer is found in prayer and people sometimes don't understand, you know, you do have to travail. And I'm sure you are so familiar with that, having gone through what you went through, even before you had your daughter and having to wait on the Lord. And then also the experiences after and growing and raising up your child and your family and all of that. And it's just, Take us, I want you to take us through that next journey of, yes, you've received that vision and you know your purpose. You have that passion and you're making time. How did you incorporate even self-care during that moment of now I'm pursuing it. Take us through your planning journey of really being able to even write that book while you have all these (laughs) other amazing things going on. Well, you are, um, you kind of gave me the goosebumps here because the Lord gave me this task while I was struggling with self-care. So to be very honest, the first two years after I was given this vision, I was so afraid because it was such a pointed moment for me. And I felt like I had a new thought that I hadn't had before, which the phrase was strengthen my army. And that really scared me. It gave me a lot of pressure, I think. And so I didn't talk about it. I didn't tell anybody. And I became Jonah, actually. And I started doing um, some personal health coaching instead of going the way the Lord asked me to go. So I was the first couple of years, the story isn't really glamorous, but it all helps me get to where I am today, of course. Mm -hmm. So I struggled with just the the idea of how am I going to help these people if I struggled with it? And just little by little, by asking the Lord how to do that, I started to see how I can not only take better care of myself through the journey, but basically just tell other people what I did. Mm. And that's kind of what you're asking me now, but it took me a while to figure that out, that my story is relevant to helping other people and the things I did can be things that other people can do as well. I jokingly said the irony of trying to take care of yourself while writing a book about (laughs) self-care, you know, it's no joke because it's not impossible to write a book, but it is It takes perseverance and it takes time and challenging. There's barriers that you can, you have to work through, of course. Honestly, I would say that I learned how to ask the Lord for help in every single thing I did. And it wasn't that he put guilt on me. I just felt more joy and peace when I did take better care of myself. Mm-hmm. And the verse I was led to is Romans 12, 12, 1, and it's living as a holy sacrifice, as a way to honor and worship the Lord. Mm-hmm. And basically, I stepped into living that. So what does that look like? For me, it was moving from eating those peanut M&Ms and Diet Coke for lunch to actually eating a good lunch, maybe some fresh fruits and vegetables and water or milk instead of Diet Coke, you know. (laughs) And then it just, it eventually got to where I was able to, every choice I made that went into taking care of myself, whether it be something I ate or something that with exercise 
which I still don't love to exercise. I envy people who love to exercise. I don't. I get out and walk. I love to play with my family, kids, and sports and things like that. But just to get out and exercise isn't really fun for me. But your self-care is also about your social connections and your relationships and how you manage your money and your spiritual life and all of that put together. And so it became asking the Lord, what's the best choice for me here? And then listening for that guidance. And that was a long journey. It really took me eight years to write my book. Mm-hmm. And probably it took the seven years to write the first chapter and then the last year to finish the book. Right. right. Well, you know, sometimes the hardest part is laying the foundation from what you're sharing with me. It's just incredible because the Lord took you through that journey first. And I believe the most powerful testimonies that can go forth and really make a dent and make a difference are the ones where people have really lived through it. And not only does it bring about that relatable factor, but it also brings about that transparency, that sincerity that people really long for in order to see, oh, you know, what this person is saying and what they're sharing. I can really grab a hold of this because they really lived it and walked through and then they were able to get through on the other side. And if they can, I can too. And that's so powerful. Lisa, I wanted to point out, you mentioned not too long ago that you needed to share your story. And I know everything happens for a reason. My husband and I just launched a small group with our church and it's we were basing it off of the concept of your story matters. And I found that to be such a big theme now in this podcast and everything that we've been doing and even in the world today, living and going through life and realizing that hey, your story in this season and what you're doing also matters. It may seem mundane because we're going through maybe the same old routine and the same old, same old, but I want you to tell me about some events and experiences because your story really does matter and the self-care journey that you've had to go through and live through and get through on the other side. I know it's we're always a work in progress. I know that, right. <laughs> <laughs> but we're so much further further along. And from what you've told me, you're so much further along from where you started. And I know that's going to help someone that's listening to hear what specific events and experiences really shaped you into the person you are today that has helped you to be now the author and the coach that you are helping people to get through on the other side when it comes to self-care. Okay. I think part of the first event would be, I was raised on a farm in Iowa And I live in in Missouri and I live in the city now, but there is a different lifestyle and a mindset to living on the farm. And I have, I cherish the memories with my family that it's really enjoying the simple things. And you you kind of see that as a cliche in commercials and things like that. We, I wouldn't say that we were poor, but we definitely weren't rich. And there's just so many life lessons in seeing, having happiness and finding joy in what you have and not longing for more or longing for what you don't have and things like that. And so I also feel like you just learn how to make things work and you don't have this thing that everybody else has. So I'm just going to make it work. And you pull up your bootstraps and dig in and you just 
go to work and do the best you can. So I would say that would be one of the events is just living on a farm. And the reason I started with that is because what I thought I wanted when I talked about climbing the ladder and maybe being the CEO of a company and all of these great things that I thought were the sign of success Mm. really didn't bring me joy. Mm. And it wasn't until my husband and I decided that I needed to stay home with my daughter. And then my crazy life with all these deadlines and all the things I was trying to do, it just kind of all fell off. And then I think a lot of women experience this when they either they have children and they start raising their family or they leave their job and their career and they come home and they kind of lose themselves and who they are. And I definitely went through that and I struggled for probably six or seven months trying to, oh, you know, what have I done? But what I found was once I let go of that dream that was my human dream, but not my purpose. And once I just embraced what was in front of me and not what I didn't have, kind of go back to that farm life Mm -hmm. mentality that simple life, our lives were so much more fulfilled. And that was also when I would say I had a lot of struggle with, and that was why I didn't want to talk about the vision I had and what I felt God leading me to do (laughs) was because I struggled with comparison. And I just thought, little old me, I don't know how to tell people how to do this. I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not trained enough. You know, you name it, I said it to myself. However, when I finally slowed down and got back into that and just allowed my daughter to love me and experience the joy of that simpler lifestyle, that's when I really heard God speak. And I, you know, I discovered my purpose and my passion and I experienced his response and his presence more than I ever had before. And I just really felt like the event that really got me there was when I came home with my daughter and I didn't have all that noise in the background anymore because I didn't know who I was. So I had to turn to him to really see myself through his eyes for the first time. I want to encourage you in this moment to access your workbook and not to miss the opportunity to join us live as November this month beckons us to be in a state of thanksgiving. This is just what you need to begin your journey to writing well this season for yourself, loved ones, or your community. You decide who you will share your story with so they can receive what you are conveying with words well written. Think how far you wish your story could go and who will eventually read your story in its varied form, whether it's a journal or in a book format or a handwritten letter for the holidays, a blog, caption that you're writing or a social media post. Get the framework guide an intentional community to show up for yourself consistently in the exciting ways shared in this workshop. Writing well. Learn more at thefearlesscreator.com slash writing well or text writing well to 66866. Now let's get back to the show. 
And then the third part that I would probably say is, I think my daughter was around not quite two when we found a church home. We were looking for a church. And and when I went through that infertility struggle, that was probably another event. Seven years of waiting for a baby. I have a stepson who's 26, but I just knew that I wanted to have another child in the family. And I remember being discouraged because we had tried some fertility drugs and we knew how far we wanted to go in this fertility journey. And we had gotten to the end of where we were going to go. And I was just crying and devastated because I was no longer able to do anything. And I'm a doer Mm. and I had to learn how to be instead of do. Mm. And so that was probably when I turned my life over to the Lord and fully trusting Him. And I knew Jesus and I knew what He did for me, but I never really gave my life to Him. And so giving my life to Him and then the journey of trying to balance the colicky baby and then coming home, that all happened in about three years. So when we did find the church, I connected with a small group. And there were women, yes, and there were women in there that were some my age, some a little bit older, some younger. And so they were all stay-at-home moms. And so they were doing Bible studies, and we took turns going to each other's homes. And I really thank those women for helping me see who I was, because that was where I was, you know, trying to see myself for the first time through the Lord's eyes. And they really pulled a lot of confidence out of me and helped me stop comparing myself the way that really stopped me from doing what the Lord called me to do. Wow. How very beautiful, Lisa. While you were there just sharing those events and those experiences, it really ministered to me. And I know those who are listening, it's going to be ministering to them as well. It's really a powerful journey to go on, to believe and to know that I'm a believer, right? I'm a Christian and we subscribe. That's so easy to throw around that word and to have that sort of belief that, hey, I love the Lord. I have this relationship with him, but not realizing the depth of which we can totally surrender and we don't realize it until we go through certain experiences and events in our lives. And sometimes in the moment we're like, Lord, why me? I serve you. I'm doing all of these these things, I, I think I'm doing the right thing. Why is it that it seems like things are not working out when the scripture says all things work together for the good? And, you know, you got to the end of the rope. It's just so incredible to think that what you just said, being a doer sometimes really does work against you because the Lord just wants you to be still. Mm-hmm. And know that he is God and, you know, just leave it all in his hands. And we think we're doing that. And then we're in for a wide, rude awakening that there's still more to learn and still more that we need to surrender. Right. And I mean, your testimony is so powerful. From what you've told me, your small group, you found community. And a lot of times people don't realize that we not only were created to create, as you created your book, you've created a life, you know, with the power of the Holy Spirit, with the Lord and, you know, your family and husband and all of those factors you have been in the process of creating. But we're also created to connect, mm-hmm. 
Right. And so we're missing that component a lot of times when your book and that self-care journey, you took the time, which a lot of people are not taking the time to really be able to listen to the voice of the Lord, which you were able, what you've accomplished and what you're able to really bring forth to help other people. It's as a result of you listening, crying out to God first in right. prayer and then listening. And then also what you said about the seeing, seeing yourself through the eyes of God. How beautiful is that? Not comparing yourself, but seeing. And so I want you to share with our listeners, you have so much wisdom and you've already shared so many powerful food for thought that we need to really ponder on in our own lives, in our own journey. What would be some more final words that you would want to really encourage our listeners to take away today? I think the biggest lesson that I have learned and probably the hardest to learn builds on letting go of the doing and to be. And that is to trust that whatever barrier is in front of you or whatever trial you're going through, it really is iron on iron to sharpen you, to get you ready for the wonderful calling that the Lord has for you. I think it can be scary to think, you want me to do what? So often. And and some of them are simple things when I don't know if you've ever been called to walk across the street and talk to a stranger or take somebody something out of the blue. And you think this is really crazy and you try to talk yourself out of it. But those are just the little things, because if you do those things, you are always blessed while you bless this person that God has sent you to. I never, ever could have picked this purpose or path for me. I wouldn't have. I would call myself an introverted extrovert. So I don't want to, I wouldn't be a person who would speak on a stage or write my thoughts or things like that. But the obedience in doing so brings such blessing and joy. I just cannot express. Put your put yourself down, put your tools down, put ever weapons that you're trying to fight this battle yourself because you think you should fight. Just put them down and surrender, like you say, because the Lord already has your path laid out for you and it's good. It's good. That's probably, I don't know if I said that very clear, but just trust him. Oh, you have, you have. Lisa, you were just talking about, you mentioned about the fulfillment that you found and then your book with it being a topic of self-care and the lessons that you do really pull out. I'm already receiving some healing words, just talking with you. Encouragement to really make that a priority. You mentioned the first, I believe you said six or how many years was just getting the first chapter. How did you wrap everything up and tell us a little bit more about what you're going to find find in the book and the lessons. Okay. okay. So the first chapter took me so long because I kept comparing myself to other people and I kept refining the first chapter over and over. Hmm. And so finally I just picked a date and I said on that date this <laughs> chapter's done. <laughs> and so then I don't know if anyone else has ever written a book like this before. I hadn't read a, written a book, but I was reading scripture and there were scripture verses. When I read them, I knew they were important to the book and I would write them down. And so just during my quiet time and I was reading different books of the Bible and just, you know, I was all over doing a specific Bible study. But whenever I felt 
the hair on the back of my neck stand up or <laughs> just just something. I just knew. I don't know how I knew, but I would write it down. Eventually, I had a list of several of these verses and I studied the verses and the context. And then I spent tons and tons of time in prayer. And what the book eventually became is a tool to help you see why self-care is important to the Lord. Mm. And it's more than because your body needs it. The way the Lord created us especially after the fall in the Garden of Eden, we're, we have to have self-care. We're not a machine that we can go on forever. We have to have it. And eventually, if we don't take care of ourselves, we start to have some emotional issues. I mean, some of the first signs are irritability or headache or stomach ache, cynicism. And those are things that we kind of think they're just part of life. But those are signs that we need to take better care of ourselves. Mm. And a lot of times people wait until we have those physical symptoms, like maybe body aches or just really being physically sick. But those emotional symptoms are the early warning signs. Those are our warning lights to take better care of ourselves. Yes. So what I learned by this is that our self-care is not just important to maintaining our body. It's also important to our purpose and our calling. Mm. And if we're not taking care of ourselves and we're experiencing those emotional symptoms or physical symptoms, we are not really paying attention to the people that God is sending us or putting in front of us because we're focused on ourselves. Mm. And so we miss out on those blessings of serving others and fulfilling our calling Wow! and just sharing our spiritual gifts and being part of your church family and taking care of those people in your community. Beautiful, Lisa. You know, for everyone who is listening and maybe watching this live, I know that this journey is not by coincidence that you're listening to this and our eyes have been opened up to a deeper call to really take care take care of ourselves, self-care. And I want to encourage you really dig deep in that topic with Lisa's book and with the resources that she's provided for us, but from God. Thank you so much, Lisa, for just taking the time out to share not only your wisdom, but also the resources. This is your profession really is taking care. And you've done that for so many years, whether it was actually in a facility or now as you're doing with your family and in the church setting and you know now the whole world globally can get a hold and a piece of, of Lisa's <laughs> wisdom I love that thank so you. very appreciative of you thank taking you. that time thank you I'm so happy to be here thank you for having me Today, I am just so grateful that Lisa took the time to open up and share her story and her wisdom with us. And so, of course, as customary, I want to share some Radiant Pearl takeaways. One, sometimes we just need to get back to living a simple life. Two, comparison is your enemy on the journey to finding fulfillment. Three, we were not only created to create, but to connect. Four, Take the time to listen and be still. Five, don't be afraid to cry out to God in prayer. Six, see yourself through the eyes of God. Seven, let go of the doing and just be. Eight, 
whatever you have to endure right now is preparing you for the calling. Nine, put yourself, your tools, and whatever battle you are trying to fight yourself down so you can surrender because the Lord already has your path laid down for you and it is good. Ten, If we're not taking care of ourselves and we're experiencing the emotional symptoms and physical symptoms, we are not really paying attention to the people God is sending us or putting in front of us. We miss out on our blessing of serving others or fulfilling our call when we do not take care of ourselves. As we continue to share multi-generational stories that inspire, I want to invite you to tell a friend about this podcast. Tag me on Instagram or Facebook. What was your greatest takeaway when it comes to self-care and why it is so important in your story? Listen to the stories of our elders, millennial mentees who've become mentors themselves as you strive to find your purpose. Delve deeper in the discussion ideas through journal questions provided in our weekly newsletter. Thank you for listening to Radiant Pearl Living, RPL Live with Stacey Zant. Visit us at radiantpearlliving.com slash episode 27. And I look forward to connecting with you as I encourage you to live a radiant life you love.